0: This episode of The Detox Podcast is brought to you by Rebel Riot Printing. Celebrating their 10th year in business, Rebel Riot is locally owned and family operated, offering custom printed tees with no minimums and fast turnaround. And by Bitsbox. Bitsbox teaches kids to code. Real JavaScript, real devices, and really fun. Hands down the most fun way for curious kids ages 6 to 14 to learn coding. Use promo code DETOX for $20 off any subscription order of $50 or more. That's D-T-A-L-K-S Detox for $20 off any order of $50 or more with BitsBox. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where this dad talks about life, kids, and stuff. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and with me today, I've got a very special guest, a local legend, if you will, an American journalist, author, and a member of the Texas Radio Hall of Fame, but most importantly, a dad, Mr. Jody Dean. Jody, thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you? Thank
1: you, Joe. Doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So it was a true delight. I reached out to have you on the show. You said that you would do it. I told my mother-in-law, Vicki, and she was ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> it was something where I did not know she was such a fan of yours. God until... <laughs> bless you, Vicki. Thank you, Vicky. Thank
1: you. You raised this boy very, very right, well.
0: Right. So that was the obligatory uh, shout out for her. So that way uh, we could get that out of the way. But yeah, no, it was, uh, you're, there's a lot that I want to talk about and I've got all my notes right here, but one of the things I, I really like to start out with a lot of the times, especially when I've got a parent on the show, mm-hmm. is I like to ask a little bit of an easy softball question. Um, What do you think makes a good dad?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah. So softball um, in air quotes. <laughs> humility. Humility. Um Boy, it's what you learn after you know everything that really counts. Uh yeah, I can't think of anything else that comes close. Uh because a friend of mine used to say that even good parents wound their children. And we don't mean to. Mm-hmm. Uh at least we we try not to. Right. But we we just can't help ourselves sometimes. And uh, I think that once you realize you know, the only thing harder than being a parent is being a kid. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I think that we as adults grow all the way up and, and humility will keep you from doing that. Humility will make you, (laughs) I asked my daughter one time, what does the world look like to you? She was about seven or eight years old and she said, an ocean of butts, (laughs) <laughs> because that's what's at eye level right. to her. Right. And so <laughs> yeah. her perception of the world was a sea of, yeah.
0: Literal but- right? I, th- I thought you were going to say butts like, uh, you can do this, but don't do that. No. But no, like literal, literal butts. Fannies
1: right there at <laughs> eye level. Everywhere she went, she was lost in an ocean of, mm-hmm. And so when you stop and think about the world from their perspective, uh, then all that certitude, all that self-assuredness, all that, All that uh, pretense tends to... Fade away pretty quickly. Right, it's so true too because I, I've got a
0: four-year-old daughter and a one and a half-year-old son, mm-hmm. and there are I, I, they te- they teach me so much mm. every single day. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I, I remember I was before I came out here. I was talking to my daughter and I said, "You know, I'm going out to record tonight." And she was like, "Usually record in the office." And I'm like, "Yes, but I'm going to meet with somebody in person." She's like, "Where are you going?" I said, "Dallas." She's like, "Dallas." oh, that's so far away. We, we just got back from San Antonio and she thinks like I'm going for days. And I right, said, no, right. you know, it's like 30 minutes away. And she went, oh, will you be back tonight? And I'm like, yes, I'll be back tonight after you're asleep. I'll see you in the morning. Oh, okay. And then that's, it's one of those things where it's like I just take for granted, like mm-hmm. everybody knows where Dallas yeah. is. Everybody yeah. knows where San Antonio. But she, to her, San Antonio, Atlanta, Georgia, and Dallas are all equidistance apart
1: from right. each other. <laughs> and, and they're only this far away in the phone. Right.
0: On the screen of their phone.
1: Yeah, so you know, it, it, perception does have a lot to do with it. You know, a good friend of mine used to say perception is reality. I'm, I'm not sure that's the case. I do think it tends to color our reality. And if all of a sudden you start thinking from the perspective of a 14-year-old girl, then there is nothing more important on this planet than Instagram. Right. There's nothing more important on this planet than Snap, y- right. you know. It may not matter to me very much, but boy, uh, you get educated real quickly. Right, exactly.
0: One of the things that I want to kind of dive into, because you've been around the Dallas Fort Worth radio scene for for a minute for a few a few, <laughs> a, a few go rounds 1973 <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> yeah but you just you actually just started a new project called Dusty Attics and so I want you to kind of walk us through the genesis of that idea where it came from what the the, what you're trying to achieve with it, and where you see it going in the future. Because you've done it for a couple of weeks now. Right, right, and So, right. I, And I know that, that you, you had a good article or post about it. But for those that are listening that may not know, kind of walk us through that thought process. Well,
1: it, basically, it came from a, a beloved colleague back in the mid-'80s. Her name was Sandy Hopkins. And she was actually the producer of the Ron Chapman Morning Show at KVIL before okay. I took the job. And she came up with the idea of sitting people down and having them bring their favorite records and just listening to the records and talking about why they love them. And so what was a great idea then is still a good idea now. Sandy passed away in 1987, uh, but she was a tender spirit and a gentle soul. And I hope she doesn't mind me stealing the title. But, yeah, it's it was her idea. And uh, that's all it is. It's it's getting together. You know, when I was a kid, it was getting your 45s out and playing them for your friends. And here's the latest song from the Stones or Beatles or whomever. When my kids were little, when my boys were little, it was... You know, what was the illegal sharing service we had in the 90s? I can't remember what it was. Uh, was it Napster? Napster. Yes, Thank you. Yeah, yes. Napster. Uh, I know nothing, nothing. Uh, but yeah, that you know, so we all do that. Share exists for a reason. And so to sit down, it's a primitive form of what we do now, but the theory is still the same thing. And you really get to know people when you hear their favorite songs, why they matter. Um, there's a very famous story. I know you've had Dale on this show before, Dale Hansen. Uh, he told the story this is 1986 five something like that he told the story of his friend from high school who was uh, killed in vietnam and the the song he chose was glory days by bruce springsteen and i'll never hear that song again without thinking of dale's friend so these things have that kind of impact on you you know and uh, the other thing is go oh my gosh, they like the same songs I do. Look, right. I would have picked that one too. So right. it's just fun, and um, it's bubblegum for the mind. Yeah. But by the same token, you re- like I said, you really get to know people very, very... Jen Myers, who was a meteorologist at Fox 4 before she went to w- work for Encore, uh, had a thyroid condition and ultimately lost a great deal of her hair and had to wear a wig to do the weather on television. And oh, wow. the... The disconnect between who she was being and who she is became so great. She became depressed. Mm. She lost weight. Mm. She gained weight. She became violently ill. She couldn't handle it anymore. And one day she went during the day just for no reason to see the greatest showman. And she got to the song, This Is Me. Mm. And that's when the dam broke. And she said, I can't do this anymore. She changed her life. She quit her job. She went to work. Uh, at Encore she can be herself she doesn't have to be uh, she doesn't have to wear a wig right and the the, the difference in her face in her countenance and and The inspiration in that, Uh, you know, that's 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 why we that's the unexpected benefit of doing the show. Right. And,
0: and you know, I I saw I will try and remember uh, for those that are listening, I'll put it in the show notes. There's a a Netflix documentary series. I I don't remember if it's uh, something explained or it's there's a couple of different ones that are similar. But there was one episode that of this uh, docuseries that it was about 20 minutes long and it explained how music affects our brains oh, and yeah. how it imprints on us oh, yeah. and it talked about how and it showed examples of people that were had strokes or had alzheimer's that couldn't remember anything but they hear a song and all of a sudden they're 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 writing or they're playing the piano or they're talking or they're they're doing something and it's just it it was crazy to me from a scientific perspective how much music is part of our DNA. My middle son
1: is is dyslexic. Uh, I mean, we all have learning differences. One sure. thing you learn working with kids is that they're like snowflakes. One one size does not fit all. Right, and you know to dyslexics become problem solvers they become ceos because they see things and because their pathways don't work they have to create different pathways sure they have to wire around things and so i I tell people all the time if i didn't have adhd i couldn't function because the rest of the world works in dos i work in windows right so (laughs) if i have 16 browsers open it's no big deal to me right and uh so you know, each one of us has a different pathway, and I think that uh, you know that's part of what we're here to talk about today. But uh, once you f- start discovering those pathways, you become more efficient in using them. It's kind of like if you la- electricity or water. You know, it just it seeks the least resistance, and you try to find the path that uh, that offers you the fewest obstacles. Uh, to get where you want to go, certainly you don't want to put any more in your w- own way, right? Uh, so yeah, it's it's a fun topic. I love getting into this kind of stuff. It's so good, and I know, like I just oh, it, music
0: is so emotional. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it it resonates so deeply with us. And and I mean, I was listening to uh, one of my favorite bands, Alabama Shakes, on the way down here, oh, and man. and their song that I was listening, uh, you know, everybody's all right, just. Oh, I just, I can't help but just like start banging my foot. And, I, I hate to
1: sound like a 60s it. hippie. I mean, I came in at the tail end of the 60s. I was, you know, in my adolescent years in those days, but it is the vibrations. Yes. You know, because when you're in the, your mother's womb, the first sense you develop is your sense of sound. Right. You hear her heartbeat, you feel it. And so you have this perception of rhythm Yes. from the very beginning and the rest is just filling in the blanks.
0: Absolutely. Now I wanna talk about since we were kind of talking a little bit about dusty attics and I'm talking about new projects, I kind of wanna kind of go around a little bit in your career and talk about you know <laughs> you know well i we're gonna we're gonna jump around a bunch of different stuff, but I wanna know what what is something i how do i how do i wanna frame this what is the most memorable moment that you've had in your career Good whether more. whether I, there's probably been several but but kind of if you could narrow it down to one or two. What are the mo what are the moments that really stand out that that made a, a an a deep impact on you throughout your career?
1: Well, <laughs> boy, that's hard to pin down. Sure. Um I think when you ask me that way, I I think working with my kids. Mm. Um, being on set with my son behind the camera, being on stage with a son behind the camera, um you know the daughter is; uh, she's got some leanings toward the theater and that sort of thing. But you know, when we even discuss that kind of stuff, uh, collaborate on a drawing or a, something on the blackboard in the back door, or sure. anything like that. When I get a chance to use uh, w- my sons and I, uh, for years did a outdoor ghost town called uh, Ghost Town at Camp Summit. It oh, was that's for, awesome! It was for go- it was for <laughs> Camp Summit, which was an equestrian and uh, uh, trust skills therapy, riding okay. slash ranch, and they would have sure. car, you know corporations come out and do trust falls and okay. ropes courses. Gotcha. Yeah, and yeah. then they would have kids come out who had special challenges, and they would get them on those horses and then those courses. And it was just amazing what yeah. they could do. Uh, well, every year they wanted to put on a trail ride. And so, well, they wanted to put on a haunted house. They had one problem. There was no house. (laughs) And so I looked at it. We drove out there, and I thought, we could do a haunted trail ride. It was 200-plus acres, 250 acres. It's in the middle of what's now, I think, a Richard Strauss development. Okay. Um, It's off of... uh, 1407 i want to say and okay. copper canyon road it's chin chapel cemetery that old neck of the woods near Louisville, sure. flower mount i mean it, you wouldn't even know it but once upon a time it was open prairie and we did this outdoor trail ride and it was crazy because we would go out during the middle of little league season we'd camp out there uh after our last game on saturday and we'd come back on sunday night and we would build this thing we came up with six flags disney quality oh wow uh stunts we had friends who were helping us at screams in oh, waxahachie sure, sure. who yeah, yeah. helping us with spare technology we had motion sensors we had articulated alligators we had a <laughs> lost cave crazy miner. uh all this stuff yeah. and my sons would conceive it we'd draw it on napkins and we'd build that stuff and we That's we awesome. had a we had a plains a tribal indian burial ground okay that was amazing i actually had a shaman come out and bless it, because I didn't want to tick anybody sure, off. Sure. I've seen Poltergeist. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, it was fun, and we did all that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, I think in my career, that's, you know, then the people you get to meet, um, and not just the celebrities. I mean, that's great. I mean, but finding out they're as nice as you'd hope they would be is a thrill. Right. But more the people that you just encounter. Uh, I've told this story. I wrote about it in my book. Um, there was a woman, I went one- holiday, one Thanksgiving, and uh, they were collecting food for needy in the neighborhood and this is a neighborhood where the church itself was pretty needy they had holes in the roof and water dripping through and i showed up and i did not look like anyone who lived in that neighborhood i drove a much nicer car (laughs) my skin is a different shade um most of the time anybody who looks like me in that neighborhood is there probably for the wrong purposes Mm -hmm. and here i go and this church is wide open there's a door wide open you walk right in i'm with the first car in the parking lot go in this lady's in the kitchen I could have been there with a gun, and who knows? And she doesn't even look up from the skillet, and she says, are you hungry? Wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I thought then, and I still think now, brother, I have found a church. Mm -hmm. When the first words out of a person's mouth are, are you hungry? Mm -hmm. That's a church. So yeah, that that lady, I can't tell you her name, but I can tell you she changed my life. It is
0: one of the one of the
1: well the thing <clears throat> that I
0: always strive for when doing this show is to show people how authentic and transparent and real the human experience is. <laughs> because you know, I, I I have people that listen, friends, family, uh, and tons of people I don't know who listen that are all across the political and religious spectrum. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that Ain't that fun? It is. But but the the one thing that I love to do is, is I bring people that have different backgrounds. And we sit down and we're having a conversation, breaking metaphorical bread and just discussing life and you see very quickly how authentic people are and when and when you hear stories like that about people the first words out of their mouths are are you hungry and that is that's just that's the way we need to treat our fellow people
1: well you know there's a reason why other cultures spend a lot of time at the dinner table mm-hmm. and we don't really uh, we don't I, i've i've literally been in churches where the calculation is made as to how long the cup is and how long the loaf is and how long the plate is and yeah that's too long boy they're going to lose interest and head for the door and that's not the way the Seder's meant to be and and you know look at how much time we spend together in the evening um i remember vividly when i was a kid we sat down almost every night. If we weren't at Colonial Cafeteria, which was considered a treat, <laughs> uh my mom made a casserole or we had roast or something like that. And maybe we didn't talk much because my dad is wasn't exactly what you kinda of call the encourager of great conversation. Uh at least his if other people talked sure. if he was talking yeah he was good with that right but <laughs> but yeah we we shared that time during and even though there was a television we put it on a slice of carpet so we could spin it around yeah and watch <laughs> hollywood squares or whatever was on sure and uh but yeah we still shared that time together and you know i i've always made it a point never to take my kids through the drive-through lane hmm We'll go eat out, sure. But I would rather make them a meal. I'm proud to say my oldest son loves to cook, and he's really, really good at it. That's awesome. And I have no doubt that my younger son will be. And I, my daughter is, there's she can't do anything wrong let's just get that straight
0: right right right. (laughs) (laughs) I completely share that yeah you know what I'm talking about yeah you do Uh, if Jesus
1: had been a girl uh, God never would have let him out of the house (laughs) ever wouldn't have done it we'd be up the creek right Mm -hmm.
0: Um, you know you had a very open honest and raw story in D magazine back in 2003 yeah and about your multiple marriages reuniting with your birth mother turning Back to Christianity, there, there was a lot. There's a lot in that article, and it's very well written, and I'm going to link to that in the show notes for Elise the listeners. Elise Pierce
1: wrote that. Yes, yeah. yes.
0: Uh, thank you. I,
1: She's a fantastic writer. She
0: Yes, I, I couldn't stop reading. It was fantastic. Well,
1: she had a lot to edit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I want you to kind of walk us through where the inspiration for that piece came from. Ugh. and 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 kind of what it's been like since then. Because that, I mean, that was 16 years ago now? I think? Something
1: like that, yeah. yeah. Um, boy, was I naive. Uh, for one thing, you ask why, what the genesis of that was. I, I felt like that I wasn't going to be able to grow further in my life or in anything, really, unless I got interested in full disclosure, And as it turned out, it was still only a halting step. I mean, there were corners of my life and rooms that I didn't want to go into and doors I didn't want to open. And it took a while longer, you know. And uh, it took about, oh, how much did you say it's been? 16 years? Yes. Yeah, it's been. We're still on that road. Um, You know, another marriage failed. I did a calculation that one time. uh, And I don't remember at what point I decided to check. Mm Mm-hmm. I took all the places that I've lived in my life and did the math. And it turns out that I've, if you averaged it out, all out, never lived anywhere longer than about two and a half years. Really?
0: Yeah. Why do you think that is?
1: Oh, goodness. Four <laughs> marriages? Yeah. Um, You know, so, yeah, I, I just, I've, I've always been a restless soul. Sure. Um but I've also been a very immature soul, and I've been searching and searching and searching and searching. And, you know, after a while, uh, you realize that, <laughs> I hate to sound like Dorothy, but she's right. It's really right in your own backyard. Yeah. And uh, the things that woulda, shoulda, coulda, mm-hmm. but then I wouldn't be here. Right. So, you know, i tried to teach my kids, you know, whenever they've had an accident or made a mistake or something like that, I always try to say, well, look at it this way. One of these days, it'll make for a great story.
0: It's interesting in how and I was having this conversation with a friend of mine not too long ago about reframing the narrative, right? So it's like you have this experience, like you mm. the you know, the collective you. People have these experiences that are life altering in some aspects, <laughs> you know? And yeah. and it's so so easy to look back and go I wish I'd never done that or I wish I hadn't making that. made that mistake or gone down that path, met this person, whatever the case may be. And it's even harder to go, you know, because of that, now I'm better equipped to deal with this situation. Well, uh, yeah.
1: And I think that, you know, maybe it's immaturity. Uh, A friend of mine once said that I could get excited about going to the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, I think that sometimes my zeal has way outrun my brains sure and a lot of ways I mean a lot of ways relationally um professionally um it's not always a good thing you know it's and it's pretty consistent over 59 years that I get way ahead of myself and usually get in trouble as a result and so you know trying to try to tell your kids don't do what dad did don't do that right don't do that (laughs) you know yeah Uh, fortunately they Pretty quick on the uptake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, uh, I've i had that zeal as well, where the, I, you know, what is it? Uh, put the the cart before the horse, yeah. you know, and I'm like, this is a great idea. I'm a, off to the races. And I forgot to link up the cart. And, well, and, and it yeah.
1: was, you know, it was everything. It was, you know, self-flattery. It was self-aggrandizement. It was. Self-seeking, I mean, all of that. I mean, I didn't approach just noble things with, you know, enthusiasm. I approached everything with enthusiasm, including the things I shouldn't have even looked at or or faced. I mean, I had a terrible problem with porn. I had a terrible problem with uh, gentlemen's clubs. I had a terrible problem with spending money ways I didn't need to be spending it. Uh, You know, the the, the truth was an issue Uh, for a lot of those years. And it was hiding. It was ducking. It was not wanting to face some real hard reality that I really didn't know who I was. Sure. Um it wasn't substance abuse or drinking or anything like that. My right. addictions were elsewhere. And boy did I dove in. And right. I flattered myself that I was getting away with it, you know. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I was the prodigal son. Yeah. Uh that story leaves us when he comes home and has the banquet. Let me tell you something. One of the things that I've been fortunate enough to do over the last few years is work with homeless people. Mm -hmm. And one thing you learn is that you can take them home again and again and again and again. And after about six weeks of being at home, through no malice at all, their family members will start to remind them of their mistakes. If you hadn't done this, you wouldn't have blank. If you'd only done this, you wouldn't have blank. If you And after a while, the homeless person starts to think, well, why in the world do I want to stick around and hear that? Right. Absolutely. I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah. Well, do you think that prodigal's brother just let him off the hook? No. So I was that prodigal, and I get back, and the same temptations are there, the same doubts are still there, the same fears are there. Dad's still not any smarter than when I told him he wasn't. Right enough to run on right. his own affairs, right. you know, which I did. I was 17 years old. I did that with my dad. Got mad at him one time, and I said, well, if I ran your business, it'd be 10 times bigger than right. it is right now. <laughs> I told that to a man who went ashore at Normandy.
0: <laughs> I don't know how he kept it together.
1: He didn't. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> he, didn't. he didn't. Had he been 30 years younger, he would have pulled me apart at the seams, and right. he would have had a right to. But yeah. you know, lo- looking back on it now, I didn't know until 10 years after he died that he'd been there. Yeah. Didn't have a clue. Yeah. Didn't have a clue why he was, why he was the way he was, right. what he was. Um, and once I started patching together his story, all of a sudden it became very clear to me what a brave, courageous, strong man he was. And that I had no idea, no idea. It is,
0: it's incessantly fascinating to me how we, I heard somebody say this the other day about that we, it's almost like we're built to reject whatever our parents <laughs> yeah. are are into uh, or yeah. about or associated even with even as we're
1: becoming just like them right exactly yeah, yeah.
0: and and it's this like need to say whatever this is like it's not good enough it's My not birth enough, father you know? was
1: married 4 times wow didn't know him yeah didn't know him uh ran into him a couple of times without knowing he was my father he didn't know I was his son we were just in the same bar yeah. at, at, back in the early 80s but yeah, he was married four times. It's not just nurture. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and one thing you learn, I very much sympathize with Moses. Moses is a, is a coward. He runs. He's a murderer. He kills. Yeah. He's filled with anger and hate and rage and impetuousness and impulsiveness. Right. I, nice to meet you. My name's Jody. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. And Moses and I understand each other very well. Right. And it isn't, I don't think, until he's literally standing on that mountaintop God's leading him off for their time together. Right. Uh, that it begins to dawn on him that it's not who he is; it's whose he is. Mm-hmm. 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 You know? Yep. Because if it depends on me, boy, we are screwed. Right? <laughs> we really are. Right? Yeah.
0: And I really, it's it's even more inherent. A lot Or clear I should say In today's age Where people are So hyper focused On wanting to show Only the, the best Versions <laughs> of them Right Which I mean How much is that Like less than 10%
1: Well you know? yeah Except the world <laughs> Operates under one theory And then mm-hmm. there's That other one Which does seem to work right. uh, You know When I am weak Then, I'm, I, then I am strong right. And it works in every way If you're I mean when you Confess that Acknowledge that Oh gosh I gotta get to the gym Right That's when progress happens right. You know When you go I, I gotta test to study for, I was one of those kids in high school that could skip class and then show up on the final day and ace that test and pass that course, yeah. which is not a good thing.
0: <laughs> right, right, It's not a good thing. It just teaches you that you don't have to work hard. And exactly, you'll, you'll get it anyway. Exactly. Right. But
1: you know, but sometimes we succeed in, in spite of ourselves. Right. That's very. And true. in fact, I say very often that you know mo- most kids turn out all right in spite of us parents. Right. No, that's very true, and I think.
0: I think one, one thing that we're trying to do as a society, as parents and as people, is we're trying to start the conversation about, no, we, we all have struggles. Mm. We all have our own struggles in different ways. And, yeah. and it was so eloquent. Someone put it, uh, uh the other day that, that, uh, you know, people used to limit the idea of addiction into like drugs or alcohol, right? You know, yeah. very much. And, and it said like, just because you're not, uh, drinking something, snorting something, swallowing something, whatever. It, everybody has an addiction. Everybody has a vice. I have it, just, had, it depends on what it is. I've
1: had a mouthful of peanut butter just about every day of my life since I was maybe in second or third grade. I had right. terrible allergies when I was a kid. Yeah. And so there were only certain things that I could eat. And at sure. the time, peanut butter was one of those things. And, man, I took advantage of that every night before I went to bed. Bag of Cheetos, yeah. peanut butter sandwich, bowl of ice cream, blah, 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 all my life. Mm-hmm. Well apparently my body has decided no enough of that you know I read somewhere that it has to do with all the antibiotics in the food chain that it's killing our probiotics Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. somehow or another that's the thing that allows us the tolerance to eat foods that otherwise we can't handle and as those dissipate in our environment then sometimes the things we've eaten all our lives suddenly peanut butter is kicking my ass all of a sudden I'm sorry I I think that's biblical right Uh, my daughter called me one time she says dad does God cuss and I I said, well, honey, he's got kids. What do you think? <laughs> and she said I, she said, I love you, Dad. And that was the that was our conversation. That is the best response I think. You I've know never you heard can, that question. You can walk the rice paper now, you know, grasshopper. Yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah, um honest to goodness, peanut butter has now taught me that it is my master. Right. And all of a sudden it's like, Wow, right. how did that happen? Well, when a spoonful of peanut butter can humble you. Yeah. What other standing do you really have? <laughs> right. right, exactly. And I think it's so true that
0: we—the more we acknowledge that we've all got struggles, that we're all dealing with it, and yeah. and, and we normalize having conversations about it oh. then we can start iron sharpening iron. Together. Yes, that's exactly. the only
1: way to do it, and and mm-hmm. that's why mm-hmm. I I went to an accountability group. Uh, every Saturday morning for several years. And one of the men in that group was a giant of a man in every way guided by the name of JD Richmond, who uh, built a lot of places we're familiar with in North Texas. The, the, uh, stone rock river walk in the Fort Worth stockyards. Okay. Uh, the, uh, pond behind Episcopal School of Dallas. Okay. Uh, the one I think at Frito-Lay in Plano, I want to say. Okay. Uh, but his, his motto was always, I said, J.D., why don't you put your name on these things? Right. Oh, the, uh, the Big Cat Diorama at the Fort Worth oh, Zoo. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fort Worth yeah. Yeah. Botanic Gardens. Yeah. All the, He did a lot of that stuff. And he, I asked, why isn't your name on a plaque? This right. was done by J.D. Richmond and Sons. Right. And J.D. had a funny voice. Well, I wanted it to look like God did it (laughs) well fine i remember he i saw him walking out of a barn at a men's retreat one time a barn at a men's retreat and uh, a guy in the car norm mcdowell said there goes a giant right there and i thought i need to know him turns out later give you an idea what kind of man he was he would park outside the county jail on sunday and pick one out of the crowd coming out getting out that day and that would be his that's the guy and he'd take him to eat and that's really cool. Just care about him. Yeah, he didn't give him a sermon. He didn't try to change anybody's hearts. He just right. tried to be there. Right. And that was JD. Man,
0: there's I, it. It feels that a lot of times that there are fewer and fewer people out there like that. Yeah. But I think they're just being overshadowed by a lot of <clears throat> uh, shouting matches that people seem to want to
1: have at times. You know i i don't I, I don't credit it to anything other than the fact that I have had a lot of great dads Mm. in my life. Mm. I can't even count them all. I mean, seriously. I mean, not just my pop, my adopted pop, but I've had coworkers, colleagues, friends, teachers, professors, administrators, lawyers, (laughs) you know, attorneys, (laughs) uh, so many people, mentors that just uh, have served to father me through all of this. Oh, I stand on a lot of shoulders. You know, it's crazy. It really is. I'm blessed. And I think we all have them in our life, but some people just, I'm one of those idiots that just got an embarrassment of riches. I really did.
0: What was it like when, I know it's covered a little bit in the article, but what was it like for you to reestablish a connection with your birth mother?
1: Humbling. Again, that's one of those things that, you know, takes you in places you don't really expect. Um We're not particularly close right now. I hope that will change at some point, but I wasn't the only one who needed to go in search, as it Mm. turns out. Mm. And I have always thought that it's critical for kids who are adopted who want to go find their birth parents to, first of all, ask themselves, am I ready for this? Mm. If it becomes a burden in any way, is it something that I can handle or deal with in a clear conscience, with a clear conscience? Uh, if you can't honestly answer yes to those questions, you probably ought not go look. You might not be ready. Right. Uh, because I'll tell you this, finding a bad answer is can be as difficult as having no answer. Right. Uh, now, that's not to say that you know where we are in our lives is beyond healing. That's not at all. That, sure. But it, it right now seems to be a little bit past understanding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see where it goes. I mean... I am a firm believer that the relationships that we have in this life that don't go quite the way they're designed to go Mm -hmm. are among the first restored in the next life. Mm -hmm. And I think, probably the first thousand years of heaven might be people running up to one another going, God, I was such an idiot. I'm so sorry. I had no idea. (laughs) If I'd only known. Dear Lord, can you forgive me? Oh, yeah. Well, he's right here. Okay, (laughs) sure. Why (laughs) not? Right, right, Right? right, So I'm pretty sure that's how that goes. (laughs) It's good. Yeah.
0: Well, before we start wrapping up, I do have a couple of listener questions that were submitted for you. So uh, the first one I've got for you is, Is it harder? So do you feel it's harder to be a dad now in today's world with your daughter versus your sons earlier in your life?
1: No. I think it's harder for them to be kids. Mm -hmm. In fact, the boys tell Maddie all the time, we're not sure we could do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's where it gets to be hard as a dad because we all do this. I couldn't tell you what I was – arguing with Nolan about one day we were on the phone and uh, I was chewing on him for something. And at one point during the conversation, he said, well, dad, I'm not you. Mm. And for whatever reason, at that moment in my life, at that point in my journey, it, I, I might've rejected it 30 minutes earlier, right? 30 minutes after I might not have been, re- couldn't have received it. I don't know. I, I i don't know how that works, but in that moment, boy, that hit a chord And it changed how I I performed as a father because up until that point, I think I was mostly square peg meet round hole. Right, right. Here's how we're going to do this. Right. And when he said that to me, it became the best advice for parenting I ever got Mm -hmm. from anyone before or since. Mm Um you know now, if you have a daughter, I highly recommend an Allison Armstrong course because that'll teach you more about women than you'll ever learn any other way It'll even fill you in on all the secrets they won't tell you I mean it's a great- yeah. look if you want to survive this fellas trust me on this yeah. wish i wish I'd done that in my twenties, <laughs> but you know I wouldn't have learned what I did learn, and maybe my daughter wouldn't be able to avoid the landmines that I can point to sure yeah point out to her Absolutely. so yeah, I mean um. That that's that was the moment that changed everything because mm. I realized at that point they have to be who they are, right? And I need to let them be who they are, and right. God lets me be who I am, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, would Wait. you? Right? No. See? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. See? Exactly. What kind of love is it that lets you be who you are? Yep. You know, and skin your knees. Ugh. Uh, oh, I mean, I, I unlike <laughs> you. Every time you see them, mm, there they go. Yeah. You want to catch them? Yep. And we can't no. because they're not going to learn as well. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. It does.
0: It. Everybody really does. wants to
1: talk about Abraham on top of that mountain with that boy on that altar, but can you imagine that struggle up that hill? Ugh. I. So yeah.
0: It. Uh, yeah. No, I just I got chills thinking about it. I don't. I don't. I couldn't. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, next question that I've got for you is: <clears throat> Have you ever been? tempted to work and live anywhere outside of the dallas fort worth area
1: oh yeah yeah oh i love dallas fort worth i love fort worth i mean i love texas but i've never been any place i i didn't like i mean goodness i i oh are are you kidding me (laughs) i'm i'm sure people are jealous of us who live here i would be i mean if i didn't live in texas wasn't born here i'd get here as fast as i could (laughs) but i've like i said i mean if you lived in san francisco Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, New York City, the yeah. city that never sleeps. Chicago right. is there. There's no such thing as a bad steakhouse in Chicago. Ooh, I gotta, gotta know? check that. I've never been to Chicago. Los but, Angeles, yeah. Los Angeles. Right. Come on, <laughs> are you kidding me? Go to Rock and Ralph's. Right, right. You're going to see Steven Tyler in the produce section. Right. You know, I mean, where? Where? San Diego, right. San Diego. Yeah. Right. You been to Coronado Island? No, I have not. Uh, you been to Yellowstone? No, I have not. You been Just... to New England in the autumn? Yes, I have. I mean, anywhere, yes. really. Seriously, Scotland. I love Scotland. London. Yep. I studied. I-
0: overseas in london one year so.
1: i i you know i don't know what it is but i think will rogers had it right you know i don't know any place i've ever been that i didn't like and i've never met people that i couldn't get along with oh, that's so yeah that's a wonderful motto. tempted yes but my this is my home yeah you know i mean with fiona who knows we talk about going to australia yeah that would be tough but you know what i could do that yeah I, I you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got to hold your jaw or sit and why uh, not quite sure right but you know yeah, I like it and I've learned something important and all Americans need to know this Foster's is not Australian for beer <laughs> not even in the uh, least mate. not even in the least I, uh, Foster's uh, is American for something we don't even touch down uh, here.
0: I had a, a good buddy from Mexico I'm
1: going to get that. so many nasty emails from real Aussies <laughs> who go oh my god don't do that ever again please lord don't do that
0: I, uh, I have a, a, a good friend that's from Mexico and he's said Cor- corona is not our beer oh. that's the beer that they created for tourists when to i was down a, there when i was
1: a kid we went under a driving vacation to mexico city and we went up in the mountains to this little village called tosco mm-hmm. and i mean i fell in love with old mexico we called it old mexico then and uh i mean all the way i've been to cabo if, if i had anything i could do say oh mr dean what would you like rub the lantern yeah deep sea fishing off cabo so oh like this. But I love Mexico. I mean, good heavens, we're next door. That's one of the things, when I when Six Flags Over Texas was a history lesson mm-hmm. and not just a theme park, right. I spent most of my time in Mexico. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, you're talking about deep sea fishing, and I thought of my favorite author, Ernest Hemingway.
0: Uh, yeah. And he's got, one of my mantras in life is something that he said in an intro to a short story collection, and he said it this way. He said, I've been to some places, I've been to a lot of places, I was better in some places than others, but (laughs) I I was better, or he said some places were better than others, but I was better in some places than others. And that just really resonated with me, because it was him saying, I like some places versus others, but then I realized, well, I was in a horrible place in my life when I was in this place, so it wasn't really the place so much as it was me. Yeah. And when he realized that he went, No, I think all places are fine. Well,
1: I talked to a friend of mine the other day that's you know, I said, We're not given these problems to show the world how we can handle them ourselves. Right. We're given these problems to show the world how we handle handle them with help of others. Right. Um, the thing I love about deep sea fishing is when you're out there, there's always a chance something will catch
0: you. Mm, that's a good point.
1: You know? <laughs> yep, yep. There's a reason Peter didn't want to yeah. just jump right out of that right. you know, that boat.
0: So. We're going to need a bigger
1: boat? Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> you know, that's, that's part of it. Right. And, um, and understanding that we're all a little terrified about that, especially kids. I mean, yeah. good heavens. It's, it, we ask a lot of them. In 18 years, we're going to cram all the useful knowledge and accumulated wealth of information and wisdom yeah. in the world today in yeah. that little noggin and expect them to just be... Rocking on. Right. Ready and to go. It And especially now, yeah. I don't think it works like that. I no. think that you have to be patient and consistent and kind and never forgetful that you were once that size too. Right. When the ocean, when the world was an ocean of butts. Right. You right. Know?
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, last question I had for you from a listener is, uh, how do you feel about being a grandfather? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let me tell you something. It's it's an amazing feeling. Um Literally, Maddie and I <clears throat> went up to Denver together to meet uh, Ella for the first time. I don't remember if Maddie had met her before, but I don't remember much. I, I, was, I was jello. I was total a mess, right. a mess. Uh, when we were waiting for my son to get home <clears throat> from work and bring her home from our, her preschool, I don't think I've ever been that nervous in my life. I really don't. I, I, I was terrified. I, didn't, I, I had no idea what I was going to say to her and she's one serious baby. She she is not generous with the smile. And that's fine. I want her to be like that. I want people sure. to have to work for that smile. Right. Um and she's got this beautiful Latina olive complexion that's even deeper than mine. Right. You know, and she's got these almond eyes, beautiful eyes, and dark hair and she's just a and she's now beginning to bloom and blossom and you know for one thing I will tell you this. I feel a heavy responsibility for the world that we are handing her. Mm -hmm. And my pop, as difficult as he was from time to time, (laughs) would say, leave it cleaner than you found it. Mm -hmm. And we're not doing that. No, That's number one. Number two, I hope that and I really do think that my sons have the skills to take care of their loved ones as heads of their household or as partners. Uh, in their relationships. Uh, and that's important to me, uh, because I don't know what kind of world they're going to inherit. Um, I, I think about what she might be able to achieve. It's fun to have kids. I mean, it's, it's great to have a son who's in his thirties and a daughter who's in her teens. Um, I mean, I know more about Ariana Grande than, as I've said, any 59-year-old man should. Uh, You know, and it's a blast. I mean, going to cheer and watching her on the sideline and all this stuff. It's just, oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? I got to coach her in soccer. Oh, that's awesome. I learned more. (laughs) Coaching little girls' soccer is the most fun I've ever had in my life. I'm telling you right now, dudes, if you want to coach and have more fun, baseball's great. Did that. Football's great. Yeah, basketball. It's all great. You coach girls soccer. Boys come to the sideline. They do something great. They act like they meant to. Right. Little girl comes to the sideline. She did something great. And says, did you see that? <laughs> I just got there. Tears and it's just the most wonderful thing <laughs> oh, that's ever. Fantastic. Yeah. And you know, and just I'm so proud of those kids. That's and awesome. uh, I look at Ella and I think, Good heavens, what will her world be like? Will she be traveling to the stars? Will she come up with the formula that allows us to travel to the stars? Right. Will she be the person who dreams of going to the stars? Right. You know what will be. What, you know how will she fit into all this? Right. Uh, it's a, it's an amazing sensation. I I envy my son. I envy all parents because they're in for the best ride in the park. It, it's painful. It's it's pleasant. It's everything. But it's certainly not predictable. Right. The only thing that's predictable about it is that it's nuts. Right. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts yeah. because you'll be tested in ways that you never imagined. You'll be changed in ways you never predicted. You'll be taught things you never could have anticipated, and you will be humbled. It's like Yoda. Not afraid? You will be. Right.
0: Yes. You will
1: be. Yes. It's yes. the creepiest little puppet in history. Right? I yeah. I mean,
0: that- uh, that part always creeps me hey, it's, out. Well, it should. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> right, you know? right. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm telling you. Exactly. Well, we're going to wrap it up there, and thank you so much. We're going to get to my favorite part of the episode, <laughs> which is the dad jokes of the week.
1: Oh, dear Lord. So
0: this is the segment where I have some dad jokes. I will throw them to the guest in an attempt to get them to laugh, and the audience groans, but I can't hear them. I can only hear the guest, so it works out I'm a well.
1: terrible joke teller. I'm well, glad you're doing this, not me. Well,
0: I always start by putting the guest on the spot and oh, asking them if Lord. they have
1: have any jokes they would like to share?
0: Oh, lord almighty. If you don't, that's fine. I've got mine ready to go.
1: Uh tell yours and I'll think of a story. Okay. A true story because okay. they're always better than my jokes. All right, fair <laughs> enough,
0: fair enough. Uh well, first of all, I just want to let you know that uh I used to have a job collecting leaves. I was really raking it in.
1: Oh, no <laughs> lord. Okay, I, it took a minute. That's scary. It took me a minute. I went, "Wait, uh, Oh. Right, right, right 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 okay, yeah, okay, uh, why did the barber win the race? Why did the barber win the why did the barber win the race? He knew a shortcut <laughs> <laughs> oh, why did he still make me laugh Right, right. Just, uh, then they do oh, then oh. they do
0: uh, all right, last one last one <clears throat> uh
1: what kind of shoes do ninjas wear what kind of shoes do ninjas wear I don't know sneakers hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, right. I thought of one real okay. quick when I was little we used to go to Millard and Sue Sugg's house and my mom and pop would play with Millard and Sue 42 Domino's game mm-hmm. all night long my mom had this huge reel-to-reel tape recorder she recorded everything on that herself playing piano us playing 42 Her singing, you name it. It was a new toy in those days, right? Right. So one night she had that thing sitting up on the table, and all you hear are these dominoes shaking, right? They're Mm -hmm. doing shaking hands and, you know, dealing and all that kind of stuff playing 42. It's funny because. We all have a moment like this in our lives. I mean, we have that moment where we caught our grandmother sne- snoring on tape. Right, right. <laughs> And we played it back at all the Christmas parties, <laughs> right, right. right, for the rest of her life, you know, and we did that. I did that too right. with my first cassette player. Right. Oh, Mimi hated me for that. <laughs> so there I am. I'm under this card table, one of these folding card tables, and you don't hear the context except there are people looking at their hands and. All of a sudden, you hear this kind of faint shaking, and all you can tell the sound immediately. All the dominoes go splat on the table, <laughs> ruining their hand, right? Right, right? And I'm sure my dad was in the lead because there's this moment of silence where you can almost hear me go <gasps> under the table, and you hear my dad in this thunderous baritone voice go, Jody, don't shake the table this long droning, right? For the rest of that poor man's life, every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, my mom would drop that out. You want to hear Jimmy? This is when he got mad at Joe. I'm surprised that man didn't go jump off the roof. I really, really am. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was, I love dad stories. Oh, love, those are good jokes. And you know what? They, it's funny. They still yeah. are funny, right? They're still funny. Right?
0: I just, I, I try not to laugh and I can't help
1: it. No, but, you can't. You can't.
0: Right. Well, Jody, if people, if listeners want to follow you and see what you are up to, what is the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, Facebook, jodydean.com. If you just look up jodydean.com, it'll be there. You can also follow me on Twitter. You can follow me at kluv.com. Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live, listen to me. (laughs) Saturday Night, well, hey, I got kicked Live with Jody. It's 1974. That was uh, the Museum of Horrors got preempted by a new show. Really? What's it called? Saturday Night Live. We don't know if it's going to last. That was the end of my TV show. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, Saturday night special and, of course, Dusty Addicts. You can find them all at KLUV.com. Perfect. Well, Jody,
0: thank you so much. We need a hashtag for this episode. Should we go with hashtag Dusty Addicts? Hashtag Dusty Addicts will be just fine. Let's do it. All right. Well, listeners, we've got another great episode on the way, so stay tuned for that. And until next time, hashtag Dusty Addicts and hashtag Be a Better Dad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers Ben Lawan and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's v-o-k-a-l-now.com.